Do you have any pictures of your grandmother? I do. Do you want me to share my screen? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I would love to see grandma. Yes. She's amazing. I feel like Livia is like a, a, a breeding ground for cool grandmas. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm one of them one day. I'm going to share with you the entire album because it's a hoot because you have six-year-old Corinne as well, which is... Uh... Oh, wow. Hello. Oh, baby, Co- baby Corinne. Check wow. you out. A lot of attitude there. <laughs> It was like a lot of Billy. I was about to say that strong Britney Spears energy. All denim with my sister. This right here is my mom. Mm, mm. Baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she was 12. So this was their passport photo when they left. Mm. Really? Um, yeah, because they didn't have passports, but they needed to be able to travel. So this was the passport photo. Uh, this is my Aunt Rita. Uh, this, I believe, is my Uncle Vittorio. This is my uncle Amos, uh, my aunt Luna, and my aunt Sturi, and this is my grandma Viola. So the, I can't help but notice that they're like, they're kind of Italian yeah, names. Yeah, I was gonna say that to uh, across the across the board. Like, is this like influence? Yeah, they're all very Italian names, and it's really funny because my mom was given the birth name Juliana, and she changed it to mm. a Hebrew oh, yeah. name when she when they immigrated to Israel. Um, really? Yeah, so all of Is her, that kind of part of the assimilation you were saying? I think so, but like um like Amos Amos is like a Hebrew name. Uh Vittorio mm-hmm. went by Victor, so he goes by Victor. Um Sturi goes by Esther. Um Luna goes by Ilana. So they all kind of had a change of names, but not not such a drastic change. Mm-hmm. Um the essence is still there. I don't know who these ladies are, but that definitely is our face. Like, this is our family face, you know? So I don't know who it's who, but that's... She's ours. Look at that. Oh, yeah. No, you oh, can see that's it. That's crazy. Across all also, you said that's the passport picture? Like... Yeah. They're just like... Okay, like... Luna definitely is blinking in that photo. And we also... <laughs> <laughs> we also have, uh, like... Hey, uh, hey, in it the was back, the 60s, Antonio. okay? The 60s it's completely covered time. by baby. Yeah, right? Oh. <laughs> I love this. It's just like... Pestons be like, can you blink for me? Okay, that checks out. At least she's not like sneezing. That would have been awkward. Yeah, no, right? It's like... It's we need to make sure it's you. Can you please do this? <laughs> Welcome to Third Culture Block a place where we have conversations about everyday experiences that shape the stories in our corner of the human narrative. I'm Ahmed Mustafa. I'm Masal Jibreel. And I'm Mohammed Smaif. So today we have a really cool, awesome, special guest. Her name is, drum rolls please, Corinne Elgai. Hello, Corinne. Hey, friend. And welcome to our, our side of the world. <laughs> Our corner of the internet, third culture block. It's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> that in, so your check convincing. is in the mail. <laughs> I don't start a day without listening to third culture block. <laughs> I can't wait to go to Disneyland. Wow. A heavy dose of sincerity in that statement right there. I love that. It almost yeah, sounded like it. you were reading third culture block, block, block. <laughs> My cheeks already hurt from smiling, so that's a good sign. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. Uh, I have to massage my cheeks now. 
but yeah, Corinne. Yeah. Corinne is the super duper awesome human. Tell me, tell me all the ways. Tell me all the ways in which I'm an She's awesome. She's this human. beautiful soul. She's a beautiful soul. Um, how did we? You randomly like like slid into my DMs. You're I totally, like, hey, I love your work. Big totally fan. Totally slid into your DMs. I was like, yeah. How do I get that Fatima mug? Because I'm yeah. <laughs> and then we fell in love somehow. Yeah. No, and we just like we we clicked. We hit it off. We just became instant like literal social distance sisters. Yeah. Like, Totally as did. far as like as far as Aww. distance can coast be, you know, coast. we're like the safest social distance relationship out there. It's great. It is great. I don't force <laughs> you to come to my wedding. I'm such a good friend. <laughs> you know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> Looking at you. <laughs> so yeah, Kalin has bla- Kalin. Kalin. Kalin has a breast. Okay. Corinne has I have blessed. I have the, I have a quick idea. Hold Our on. Lives. So we can, since we never do video, this has never come up, but what if we do butt mode? Does the butt mode work? And we face the camera. What? Ooh. So we're actually Look facing at that. the microphone. Look Ray is like, why didn't I think of that? Because he's already doing that. I mean, he's doing it, but he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think of it because no, it wasn't an issue. No, I meant like, why didn't he think of that to tell us to do that? Yeah, no, it, it did. We gave us zero guidance. You're right. Does it's it... his fault for our setup. I didn't say it's his fault. You're I'm also just saying, beautiful. I'm just, I just can't. I'm, ex- too much. I'm expressing his facial expression. Wissan. I Wissan. am I get not. it. I get it. You're jealous. You're jealous. It's fine. You, you have to find an issue <laughs> you know, with me. She's just threatened. It's not she's happening. It's not happening. chemistry between you and Ahmed. So oh, she definitely just, like, talked about uh, the best social she, distance you, relationship We haven't you even and... met. I'm sorry, what? Ahmed and I haven't even met. You've we've never, never met? Corinne, Corinne and Wissal and us, we've never met Corinne either. <laughs> I love this All right of this now. is internet friendship. This is, this is, this is technology, y'all. This is the only thing I, I like about technology. You meet, well, I know Mohammed. I've met Mohammed. Wissal Ahmed and I have hasn't. met. Where have you met? It's Libya. We met in Tripoli. Yeah. Oh, no way. My mom was born there. Oh, The old city, right? The old city. Nice. I know the name of the midwife who birthed her because she was the street's midwife. What? Sh- shout out to Hamdiya. I'll tell you what, though. Tell me. My grandmother said on Fridays, the Muslims in the old city would give their children to their Jewish and Christian neighbors to look after while they went to go and pray. And then on Saturday, the Jews would do the same. And then on Sunday, the Christians would do the same with their children. Wow, it's like a beautiful community. I love that. F***ing Israel ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we found uh, this week's teaser. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? Because all the stories I hear about Libya and living in Libya before the Six-Day War, it's like this utopia of neighborhoodly, kind, hospitable, like tea at the neighbor's house every night. Yeah. Everybody's a cousin. Yeah. Man. And now yeah. it's like, uh, we're our trees fight your trees. <laughs> Kill yeah. all olive trees, because those are kind of Arab. Put the Israeli <laughs> pine. It's just like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> it's, ugh, it's a mess. It's a mess. And it's, you know, we talk about it in our discussion group. Um, but it's like, as a settler of native land, you know, you remember that in our manifesto. But it's like, I am a settler in Israel. And I am 
definitely not native or indigenous to the US. So it's like, and I can't go home to Libya and it just feels so unfair. Yeah. Well, I I guess like digging a little bit into that, like, so I, not everyone on the podcast has had the instant spark of love and and uh, connection that we saw brings with her name. You know, we saw means connection of love between people. Um, so if you could, uh, you know, I got I got segues on segues, brah. All right. Bruh. Anyway, so so tell me about tell. Can we get some background on you? What you where are you from? What brought you here? What brought you there? Or like. Tell us about the soul of the the history, the context of Corinne Elgai, such that when we talk about the soul, it makes sense. Nothing will make sense. It still doesn't make sense. <laughs> there goes all that segue. Yeah, I'm, I'm very sorry to like, you know, snow on your parade, but um, yeah, I mean, so the background. Let's see. Both sides of my family, all four grandparents, were born in Libya. My father's side in Benghazi, and actually my grandma on my mom's side, my mom's mom was also born in Benghazi, but my mom was born in Tripoli. And then when the Six Day War broke in Israel, um, occupied Palestine, there started to be hostility between the Muslim neighbors and my Jewish family and other Jewish families. My grandfather's store in the old Italian market uh, was set on fire and they tried to burn down my family's house as well. And basically my great aunt, Tony, who was the personal cook to King Idris, because of the relationship between my family and King Idris, he, he kind of pulled all the strings to get them out of there safely. And he got them to mm. Napoli. So they were in Italy for a month before getting on a boat and getting to Israel. Dang. But yeah, that's the story. That's why I have never, I mean, I'm assuming a lot of Jews have not been back to Libya. Um, but, but it seems like a lot from of them Napoli... want to be back. So from Napoli to Israel, where my grandma lived in the same apartment until the day she passed. That's February. Do you know much about the move? I'm not sure. I know that it was by boat. I know that they hid my family for a few days in this warehouse in Tripoli. My mom remembers really specific details about the warehouse, like that they put these big green curtains on to make sure that the people on the outside couldn't see that they were housing Jews in there. Mm. And then Mm. as soon as they could, they put them on a boat to Italy and then on a boat to Israel. Wild. Dang. No, that is absolutely so crazy. crazy that is so crazy. And so fast forward uh, to kind of quasi adulthood, maybe teenagehood. You just realized that you needed to boat yourself back out of there on principle. So that took a little longer. Um, basically, growing up, I was very intent of like I couldn't wait to serve in the army. For example, I used to wear like olive color clothes all the time because I thought soldiers were so cool. My parents are both like very, very into Zionism, which is a thread that exists for a lot of Jewish Arabs in Israel because um, because of assimilation, like they needed to make themselves belong and being uh, Zionist is a big part of it. So kind of abandoning the language, abandoning some of the culture um, in order to belong in this new culture. So growing up, you know, the, the way that um, 
Libyan Jews identify in Israel as Tripolitanians, not Libyans. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that made a difference in how like Libyan their culture actually was. But I mean, we still, my family still spoke Arabic in the house. We still cook all the Libyan dishes, but we don't, I don't really hear like, until very recently, I've never heard stories about their time in Libya. So um, it made me kind of sad that I never had a conversation with my grandmother about like what it was like there. Cause she's so Libyan. She was so Libyan. <laughs> but in like the best way, you know, like, mm-hmm. so a few months ago, Adam sent me this thing in the mail. It's a, it's a wrapping paper from a store, a clothing store that has my family's name on it. Yo. Yeah. That's mad. And we found out that it actually belonged to a classmate of my mom's who they're still like friends. I did not know that this classmate is not related to us. Um, because <laughs> we do have the same last name. We have, we're right. all like Hakmun. So, um, so that was really funny. And when I took it out of the packaging, this paper that like probably have never m- met my grandma, right? This piece of paper right. that very unlikely have met my grandma smelled like my grandmother oh oh my and god like, so this wow. is yeah this <laughs> warmth of libya oh <sighs> i want to go <laughs> so badly this is my grandma oh wow that's luna who was sneezing in the previous photo excellent excellent just so cute so cute my dad being Elvis it's just adorable god I love this photo you would just think Libyan wouldn't you like especially yeah. with the guy on the left oh, my yeah. dad with his 100% wife. Libyan 100% yeah. Libyan yeah for sure his facial he features, looks it's just... he looks like my neighbor he looks like Jad yeah he looks <laughs> just like him and you know about that story right <laughs> I, I think I remember Jihad, Jihad, the neighbor. Yeah. If you want to share, go ahead. I mean, it's just really funny because, you know, I went to the deli downstairs who's owned by an Egyptian family and making small talk in my very limited Arabic. And they were like, oh, you live in that in 260. Like, you know, there's another Libyan guy in the building. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> and then um, we met in the elevator one day and uh, started talking about Libya and whatever. And he came over with like a stack of photos like really old photos because his father used to own the wadan hotel Mm. in tripoli which we learned is where my grandfather used to go every night so it's like our families know each other and now you're my upstairs neighbor and this is too freaking funny so whenever i make libyan food now i leave a (laughs) uh, paper bag on his door handle with food in a container That's crazy to the such disparate like journeys in life, and you guys are just like so up funny. there upstairs neighbors. Because you know what they say, right? <laughs> Libya is just a can of tuna. What does that mean? It's just it's so like the Libyans are like so everybody knows everybody, and everybody's like packed and like the levels of uh, separation. What is it? The degrees. degrees the degrees, degrees of, of bacon. Yes. Yeah. So is like so short. Um, it's like one or two people away because. Libya's a can of tuna, just so packed. Everybody knows everybody. You're going to meet a random Libyan and you're going to be tied to them in one way, shape, or form. And they all know Adam. 
Yeah. <laughs> they all know Adam, one hundred percent. Even even the old ones. Even, even no, my dad actually when he flew to the States, um, he for his English language program, he like absconded away from Libya due to like political intrigue. Um, but came to the States and he hits the airport kind of in I think it was like New York or something. And he knew that he was supposed to take a train, but there was no part of him that believed that there was a train or like a subway connected to the airport. There was just like, he was like, you have to go to a station, like separate from the air, like he was lost. And so he's looking around and he's like, he's like, I knew good morning, happy birthday and hello. And like that, like that was all he had, right? (laughs) Happy birthday to you. Like everyone knows that, all right? (laughs) Anyway, so my dad is like he's looking at like the the thing trying to figure out like how to get to the train and a guy comes up to him and like speaks to him in libyan arabic the first person he met in in the states when he flew was this libyan guy and he's like oh yeah i'm from tobruk yeah and he's just like here this uh, there's actually trains on the airport yeah well look there's trains downstairs you just gotta go Uh, and so like my like it's full of stories like that where you're you're lost and you're just like hello gravitate towards each other You're drinking the Kool-Aid. You're in Israel, right? Like, you're yeah. growing up there. And then, like, some part of you is just like, you know what? Olive Green's out. You know, F the <laughs> F the establishment. We're like, I don't I don't like this. And you know what? I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Because I know that happened. Like, and I feel like that was kind of what drove you to leave. I think it was, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a switch being flipped. It was very, like, slow burn. It just didn't feel right. By the time that it came for me to um, do all the interviews with the IDF, I was already like fully invested in not serving in the military. Um, and I was extremely difficult on purpose on those interviews and on those tests. Um, and when they confronted me and they were like, why are you being so difficult? I told them like, I do not want to serve. Please don't make me serve. They didn't make me serve. And then I left like when I was 19, I left for the US because when you so I didn't graduate from high school either I should mention that and when you don't serve in the military and you don't have a high school diploma your future is very limited in Israel you like jobs really care about whether or not you serve mm, in the military I didn't know that so like unless you have a good reason to not serve it's not acceptable when do you think that switch happened it probably started somewhere when I was I want to say like around 16 probably mm. I started um I had like a like one of my first serious relationships and my boyfriend at the time was 19 and he or a little younger than that and he started serving in the military and I could see how much it had changed him because he's like this he's an Mm. artist he made me like these amazing sculptures he was just like the sweetest softest person and the military Mm. just kind of changed him and it's not it's not unlikely for the military to do that um, but he volunteered. He had like medical reasons to not need to serve and he volunteered his time to serve and it absolutely like broke mm-hmm. him in a way. So I think that wow. definitely helped me okay. see the military with kind of like less romanticized eyes right. and kind of also like question this like propaganda we've been sold since we were kids of like, we're a small country surrounded by enemies. And it's like, 
Who brought you here? <laughs> Why are you here in the first place? That's interesting. I mean, yeah. It, so it, it it seems like a core part of the patriotism is like participating in the military, right? Yeah, definitely. When you were being difficult in the interviews, and they questioned you, and you said, "Well, I, yeah. I just don't want to serve." Was that like the biggest form of treachery in their eyes? I don't think so. Um, I mean, keep in mind these interviews are done adults via teenagers, uh, or like adults versus mm. teenagers. So they don't expect to argue a lot when a teenager is like, "I don't want to do this," because mm. like, go tell a toddler to put their shoes on and you know what you're dealing with. <laughs> right. Um, so. I mean, they would have probably insisted more if I was male. So boys serve three years and girls serve 19 months mandatory. Oh. Mm. But certain like positions are just not available for girls or people who wear glasses. <laughs> so, Fair. So sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah. I don't that's... know what you're talking about. <laughs> Literally all three of us are glasses humans. <laughs> yeah, me too, by the way. I'm just not wearing them because I'm an idiot. Do it. Do it. It's for your health. I really need to. I need to. But yeah, I think when they saw the level of um, effort that I'm willing to put in being difficult, they pick their battles in a way. <laughs> um, I'm very good at being difficult. Ask my husband. Uh, another good favorite. Libyan trait. Stubbornness. <laughs> Ah, uh. <laughs> see, she is Libyan. Yeah. <laughs> Was there ever a doubt? What is your favorite Libyan food? Um, so oh my god, there's yes. so many. My favorite growing up was nukitas, which is like a Jewish Libyan version of gnocchi. Um, it's so good, you guys. It's so delicious. <laughs> I don't know what either of those things are. Wait, gnocchi? you don't know gnocchi? It, it's like a potato noodle. G n o c c h i. Gnocchi. Gnocchi. That's how it's you spell it. It's called gnocchi. Excuse me. What was that? What was that, Mohammed Ismail? I'm 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 too afraid to repeat it. No, no, say you gotta it. you gotta repeat you it. My name is Ruslan. It's a powerful name. It. Repeat it. I'm gonna just fall down here. No, now. you say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we need to call Ines and ask her how she says it? Oh my god. Noki. 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 That wait. sounds like what? a bad thing. That's so, so in my. Noki. I'm a Noki. I'm a Noki. Wait, I'm going to find it. Okay, so this is how you make Mukitas. Oh my god, mm. it looks just like And gnocchi. do you have, yeah. like, what is what kind of sauce is it eaten with? You'll see. <laughs> You'll see. But basically, it's uh, it comes in this spicy tomatoy sauce with like mm. uh chicken thighs. Yeah. Mm-mm. Uh, so nom, good. Nom. It's so good. And the thing is, you leave it out overnight, just covered in a towel, so it dries up, so it doesn't stick to each other. Yeah, the gnocchi. Mm-hmm. Um, other favorite foods. Let's see. They're all gonna be here. Burik. I mean, clearly. Oh yes. Clearly. A classic. Um, uh, So good. Mm-hmm. Do non do non Jews eat mukata? Yeah, so it's yeah. the Rishit Burma or mukata. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, uh, yeah. So for for listeners, that's basically just like homemade noodles and like with a yummy Libyan sauce. I don't know how to mm-hmm. explain it. Tomato sauce. <laughs> the best part in it, and this is my sustainability side coming into action, the noodles are cooked in the sauce, which is what yep. makes mm. them 
Slapchat slurpy goodness. It's so I love it. good. I, love I might it. have to make it after we get off the one, phone because one it's pot. so good. That's all I'm about it. It's so yummy. It's, it's so yummy. so fills you up and it's such a like I I crave it in the winter more oh, than yeah, the sure. It's like a rainy day food. The best kind, okay, is on an open fire. Like if you're like out uh, is that and then a there's thing? like yeah, like you do have uh, See, this pub. is I mean, and and in my home, we also fight for the pepper because there's one pepper per pot. True. What? Mom always gets it. One pepper per pot. One pepper per pot. No, I get it. (laughs) That's going to be the Wi-Fi password in my bar. One pepper per pot. (laughs) One pepper per pot. But like the number one. One pepper per pot. Per pot. Per pot. pot. I'm looking at it. My mouth is watering. Um, Tbeha. I mean, I love. Red rice is classic. It's tbicha. a lamb stew. Tbicha? No? Tbicha. Like a, tbicha, yeah. It's like they mm-hmm. use the same words, Muhammad. Like it's basically just like just whenever you have a word. You... Okay. Yeah, it's literally it's incredible. Like the the even the foods are called the same thing. We have Sven's, which we Nom. have Sven's. on Sven's yeah. is so good. We have that in uh, around Hanukkah. Mm. Uh, when everybody eats those souvenirs, those donuts, we eat Sven's. So good. I love spins. Is anybody else getting really hungry? Yes. <laughs> but it's I okay. We're okay. Do you have eggs on your spins? I've never had eggs on my spins. We usually put either oh. sugar or honey on spins. Uh, I love I, the eggs. I, I need to have only, it on eggs. I've only recently accepted spins into my life. What? Right? What? And yes. This is and news to even me. Then, Hello? It's, it has to be with honey. <laughs> And I usually give the crunchy part to somebody else. I love the crunchy part. What? The crunchy part's the what? best part. Are you crazy? I she cannot stopped believe. Stop judging me, guys. I don't appreciate it. Okay. I'm you, sorry. You, we need to have spins. We saw. We need to. We need to. I like the. I like the. 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 the yeah. Anyways, but I like it with honey. Um. They. The eggs. The eggs part. It. It uh, throws me off. Not gonna lie. There's also this one, which is like if you ask any um, Jewish Libyan. What's like the most Libyan food? They would say mafum, which is I think you call it button. Button, yeah. Button. Button. So yeah, I was. This is my first time making them, and they came out so good. And it was Max's first solid food, <laughs> and he loved it. <laughs> he was so happy. Um, and we cook it in a sauce, so we don't serve it like I think button is usually served like this, right? Like dry. There is this and there is that. There okay. is, they even say like old proper Tripolitanian button is with a sauce. Some, like some be like, oh no, the, 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 the correct Tripoli way <laughs> is you have to put it with a sauce. I learned that from my grandfather who one time I made a button the way that I know how to make it, which is dry with no sauce. And mm. he was like, what is this? Where is the sauce? And I was like, yeah, what the hell is the sauce? <laughs> You have to make it with sauce. I only have it dry. Literally, like, if I can't just, like, walk around the street with two in each hand, just going, it's not a button, you know? (laughs) What are your favorite foods? Ibrak, Aspan, Makaruna, Mbawukha. Rizitkaskas. So, to start from the top, Ibrak is, like, like, 
dolma. It's basically cabbage wraps with like meat and rice and veggies inside. Oh, we make that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. just stuffed cabbage. Yep. How do you call it? Ibrak? So, I think I heard my mom use the word for it, but we never called it. Depends that. where That's you're so from. Funny. If you're in Tripoli, they call it dolma. Um, and okay. if you're in the Shadok in the east side, you're you're calling it Ibrak, which is. Ibrak. I think I've only heard it being called Ibrak. That's well, it's the right word. So. Um, yeah. Is that like Benghazi? <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. I'm just like the fact that you make your own papers is. I mean, it's so easy. Yum. And again, sustainability. Mm-hmm. Cooking my potatoes underneath. It's incredible, just all at once. So good. <laughs> I think I'm gonna make it today or tomorrow. Ooh, I really Ooh. want polygna. I want all of this right now. Look at those crusty edges. Oh, yum. Here's a random question. Go for it. Yes, doesn't, please. Doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be part of the podcast, but. With pregnancy cravings, do you crave yeah. Libyan food more than Western food or vice versa? <gasps> this should definitely be in the podcast. Do not take it out. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember in my first pregnancy, I Googled like everything if pregnant women are allowed to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, this pregnancy, not so much. And I think I'm not supposed to have this much canned tuna. <laughs> but I've been making spicy pasta with tuna. Like at least once a week. Hell yeah! It's so good though. Macaroni salsa. It's so good. We haven't had macaroni salsa with ton. We had it once. In a, in a while. I love like literally ton like every we just day have throughout. So much tuna. Because like I had friends who were like, "Oh, I hate tuna," and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess you're just we wrong. Can't be friends. Eating it wrong your whole life." And then they show me it's like, "Oh, you've got tuna and you put like chopped celery and mayonnaise in it," and it's like you're missing some key <laughs> ingredients, my dude. I mean, it's still good, but it's not like the perfect tuna sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. And then you introduce them to like harissa tun and like cilantro. <laughs> some change your and life. And some olives and some tomatoes. And then just like. So you guys, Psisa was just last weekend. What? Oh. Yeah, and I've never like missed any tradition any more than Psisa. Mm. Psisa is amazing. You take your house keys and you stir it. <laughs> Wait, What's why? the significance of the house keys? <laughs> I think it's to bless the house. Ooh. Uh-huh. This is wild. It's so good. How do you guys eat your psisa? Like with our hands or with forks? Because we... Okay, I'm sorry. If you said fork, I would end this call right now. No. <laughs> no. <Brandon. laughs> we accept all kinds here. But like, what do you guys... Because I Caesar only with know... Forks. I've never... Because I've never had it any other way. I would have a psisa with... Like you dip dates in it for me like in my family like, yes. oh i don't think we've ever done that we just took it with our hands but there was like the most random items inside so you would have like those like wedding almonds Ooh. you know like the like those what are they super the hard almonds the jordan almonds is that what they're called I think so. like colorful yeah colorful almonds that you throw at the bride and groom <laughs> bruised poke an eye out here and there We've discussed before on this podcast how being a third culture kid sort of makes you belong everywhere but nowhere at the same time, uh, namely because you're not tied down strictly to a specific uh, locality uh, and therefore not tied down to a specific uh, culture. So we saw Lynn Ahmed tell me that you bring so many people together and foster communities with events, brunches and karaoke, etc. Do you think that's easy for you? 
or that it's intrinsic within you because of your third culture kidness, if you like? Well, I think the two things I definitely received from my parents is the love of host hosting and the importance of hospitality. Because they always, I grew up with always seeing people at our table, in our house. Um, and that's something you would always notice. Like, And that's really funny because my friend Masood would say the same thing of like, you would see other families and what they serve at dinner. Mm. And then you would go to an Arab family and you <laughs> see what they serve at dinner. And it's like, we make enough food for an army just yeah. in case like somebody brings someone a cousin shows up somebody right. doesn't have a place to sit <laughs> and like Masoud has this story that like he went so Masoud is Tunisian Egyptian and he went to like a classmate's dinner and all they had was like this pot of pasta on the table for everybody <laughs> to eat out of and he's like is that a is, is this appetizer is this, is this it <laughs> did, did someone die were we supposed to bring food <laughs> like a potluck situation and we weren't informed um so yeah so traveling and hosting are like the probably the two main passions i got from my parents i really really enjoy both and they're such a big part of me Mm. but yeah i think in that lack of belonging sorry this heartburn is trying to kill me you're good love us love us unleashed I'm i'm gonna have some water i know you want to start popping some pills you might as well do it now <laughs> there you go. There you go. We we swear by yogurt in this house, so you could have yogurt and Tylenol. I needed to buy yogurt. I just feel bad because of the plastic container. Mm, you can make your own pretty easily, actually. Yes, you can. I can tell you how one day. Okay, thanks. Bye. We have the recipe. <laughs> tell me how. We have a yogurt maker. We have not used it. You once. don't even need a yogurt maker. That's you the thing. You just need a big, nice, sturdy pot. And Indian guidance. That's it. Yes. (laughs) And the easier way is maybe like buy your last tub of yogurt and that's it. And then you'll have yogurt forever. You just need a culture to start it off. And then it. Oh, it's like a sourdough situation. Yeah. Yeah. You just take a scoop of the yogurt. You throw it in with like gallons of milk and then you just the container and it just yogurts itself. (laughs) And then you take a little bit from each batch that you make. So that way the next time you have to go buy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long Whoa. does it last for, and how much yogurt does like it make? Forever. Well, I mean, like um, the 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 Indian uncles yeah, the and place aunties that we here, learned it. like over thirty years, same culture. Bam. It's like sourdough. <laughs> it's literally like sourdough. Isn't that like thirty thousand generations of bacteria? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they get around. We don't make the rules. My great great grandfather was working this job, and I will continue. <laughs> no, but that's like so. Apparently, that's a thing. Um, so uh, it's uh, this one um really awesome um Indian chef human person that I follow. Um, she was explaining like her dad's story, like when he moved to the U.S. One of the people from the Indian community as like a welcoming gift or, or something um, gave them some of their culture. And so like, he just ever In since more then, ways than one, you know, Aww. so it's a very, it's like a community building thing. <laughs> and so it's just like, and so he's had it for like 30 years. Yeah. Plus. I think it ties together. Well, like that's just how they like fostered community. And you know, um, like you, you do all sorts of stuff. And the more it goes, the, the better it gets so it's just like yeah you can make your own yogurt till the day you die what that's incredible i know mm-hmm. that's unbelievable please don't edit this part out 
because this is really interesting. And oh, this is gold. This. this is gold. Can you use raw milk to do that? I don't know about like raw raw milk. I know he said whole milk or at least two percent milk. I think um, raw okay. milk might even work better. Be better, I think. I don't yeah. know because mm-hmm. there's more to play there. But like raw milk is a black market item here in the states. Like yeah. it's very difficult. Even in the UK, so I, Chesterfield, my hometown, has a market that is 800 years old. Oh, with okay? the church. Exactly. Oh yeah, the church. With yes. The church. <laughs> yes, with the church. Crooked spire. Shout out to Chesterfield. An engineering mistake put us on the map. Oh, yeah. Side note: To answer your question, you can use raw milk. Continue. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. So, eight hundred year old market. I go into the market, and there are people selling cheese and milk, right? And I ask them, "Oh, it's just raw milk?" Because I am lactose intolerant. But I have discovered when I drink raw milk, it doesn't upset my stomach. So I asked the ladies, "Do you have raw milk? Is this raw milk?" And they're like, "No, I'm." Are sorry. you a cop? Um, uh, they said no it's actually illegal to sell raw milk here uh this is pasteurized it has to be pasteurized i'm like how how why and it just made me very very upset and they said maybe if you check this hipster shop in the corner somewhere so i walked down the shady alleyway when it went upstairs i'm like do you have raw milk i felt like a person i'm looking for for drugs i need i need some drug man i I need i need a hit man i i ain't lactose in 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 a decade that's absolutely great but yeah no i just feel like it's crazy like yogurt becomes a vehicle for building community by the way, I learned an amazing pun recently that ha- that touches on the subject. Hit us. Tell me, hit us. We're ready. So you know, when I was pregnant with Max throughout the pregnancy, I learned American Sign Language. Yes. Okay. So this is milk, and pasteurized milk is literally pasteurized milk. <laughs> 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 you run it past your eyes. It's pasteurized milk. Whoever made this language, I'm all about it <laughs> for more reasons than I was before. <laughs> so just just for listeners back home, milk is the act of like pulling an udder, right, on a cow. And then you just pull that udder past your eyes. Past your eyes. And it is pasteurized. <laughs> wow. I love oh it. my God. Oh. Big This is a very educational po- episode. <laughs> I mean, I bring... I bring wisdom. <laughs> we appreciate it. We appreciate it. High school dropout that brings a lot of wisdom. Hey, hey nothing wrong. <laughs> Ain't hey. nobody need official hey. edification to get <clears throat> wise, I mean, you know? Yes. And, like, you don't need official... Like you were saying, one of the hardest parts about, um, you know, being in Israel and not joining the army was, like, getting a job, right? So that was kind of a, a, yeah. a driving factor to come to the States. And now you're, like working in all sorts of different fields and like You've navigating done, multiple did. communities this guy has got segues for days i know he Look, is not i was and you know what's crazy oh. is i'm sitting here i'm like okay the next topic is this i'm just i'm still cooking a way to bring it in and then he goes yeah so this and then bam bada bing bada boom right because like we're trying to hide the outline from you to keep it like a normal Genuine. dialogue but we've got like points we're moving through <laughs> if you guys think that i recall anything from our previous conversation you are dead wrong i am so sleep deprived <laughs> i am tired i have a headache i have heartburn my child was climbing me all morning like i don't worry about it this is the first time we meet <laughs> Nobody has to know. They're gonna know. Nobody's Nobody gonna know. Nobody has to know. But uh, but yeah, no. I was I was wondering like what 
what what you've been up to like job wise and also like what you've been doing like for for to express your creative self i feel like um right now you're literally creating baby but like <laughs> historically what have you been up to so for the past 12 13 years basically since i moved to new york i've been a fashion stylist so that's been my job job and the reason i came to new york but uh when max was born i took a maternity leave for a year and when i was ready to return to work a pandemic hit i don't know if a you guys panorama. Oh, what is that a oh. pandemic yeah and it was like oh, everybody everybody who left their house got sick so what um, where have yeah. we been was this a u.s thing no. <laughs> this was just in my building. It was just a my building pandemic. Nobody else knows about it. It's a weird New York block. But it caused me to not work for an additional year. So um, in the beginning of this very month, in March, I started a new job. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so... Ugh, I love it because they actually like have a mission. Nice. Always a good time. From what it seems in the past three weeks of me working there is that I'm replacing a lot of people that don't work in the company anymore. So I'm doing financial reports and marketing and I'm doing the COO's job. And um, it's really funny because people from other departments keep like referring people to me <laughs> to handle their stuff. But it's like I've met them already through other channels. It's like So I just think it's... Oh, really, oh, really oh, oh, I'm back here. <laughs> it's me again. I know we were talking about marketing and social media before, but let's now let's finance. talk about your payout reports. <laughs> How would you like Awkward. to get paid? But yeah, it's been, I really like this job. I enjoy the team. They're super cute. They actually pay their delivery guys really well, which is very important to me. Yeah, it's just a good company. I like them. I, I feel like marketing is kind of a good place for you because i get almost all of my news from your uh, instagram story <laughs> like, thank you like uh, as a beginning part so i feel like you have a great like uh uh internet presence and kind of like i am really aware of issues because like you become like a jumping board or, or i guess like a do you feel influenced i am influenced There's, it's know? also like your zero waste life and i'm just like there it is i'm like i want to be like corinne I want to do this. I love my zero waste life. It's... Everything feels like such a win. I feel like such, like I'm, whenever I find a zero free solution, it's so funny, but it, the joy that comes from it brings so much joy that like mundane daily actions feel like victories, which is fantastic. Yeah. It's such a good feeling. It's like, I'm brushing my teeth, but zero waste. <laughs> it's like, ah. Zero waste, baby. <laughs> Impacting nobody. <laughs> Literally, Except that's for what the you're bacteria on my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all aren't doing your job. Look at yogurt over there. <laughs> He's making something for me. <laughs> what are y'all doing? <laughs> we gotta talk about this yogurt. Like off yes, the yes. air, we gotta talk about this yogurt situation. One thing that I wanted to just kind of like point out: you are self-proclaimed atypically Israeli, right? And so, like, sometimes you... I would not identify an Israeli in the slightest. Not even... Not, no percentage if of people, If people hear that you're from Israel, there's an assumption of a life so, experience that you've had and There share. is an assumption, yes. Um, and so, like, it makes it really difficult yes. to navigate, like, I guess, those kinds of situations, right? For instance, like, 
oh, get all of your Jewish friends to bring Passover here. It's like I have one yeah. Jewish friend. Well, no, I have a lot of Jewish friends. I don't have a lot of Israeli friends. That's the thing. I have, like, my, like my Israeli friends in New York. Uh, I can count her on one finger. <laughs> Hi, Danny. Um, and uh, she's currently in Israel. Like, she's not even here. She doesn't even go here. She's not even but, um, yeah, we're trying to basically get people to donate meals for 500 families for Passover. And my boss is like, please share this with all of your Israeli communities with the assumption that I have that. But it's like, why do you think I left, girl? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I guess that's the to, to, the to that point. I feel like you've developed all these different communities um, around yourself and like, I, do you think that part of that is like seeking community, not finding one you identify with and just building your own? Or do you think it's more related to like your parents and kind of like the hosting habits you were talking about? I think it's a little bit of both. I think I wanted my community to not be like just a one type of person repeated, you know? So it's New York and I'm in New York for a reason. And New York has so many different people to offer into my life. They're from everywhere and they are everything and they are all brilliant and they all have different senses of humor that makes me so happy. And I learned so much with them, you know? So I don't know. I've never, I've never like searched an Israeli core group here because I know the friends I like who are Israelis and they're, they're back home and they're in Germany and they're like all over the world. Um, but I don't know if I need to stick it out here. I'm very pleased with the people I chose in my life. And I'm very careful about the people I let sit at my table um, because of the quality of the people. Like, I need to know that they accept otherness yeah. and that they know that otherness is a myth, you know? Um, but yeah, they're all such amazing, cool, chill people that I adore. That yeah. resonates with I me miss so much. Right? That was really good. Yeah. It resonates with me I so much like, because oh. this whole... This is why overall, overall, yes, you may feel out of place and like you don't belong anywhere, but overall being a third culture kid is such a blessing yeah. because you, your horizon is like this. It's, it's wide open. Your perspective on life and the people around you and that accepting of quote unquote, the other is, is so seamless for us where, because we are the other the in others. so many other people's eyes, right? So there's like a sense of there's like a natural sense of empathy, I guess, that 100%. immediately makes you like, well, that's that kind of like explains like when I was in, in when I when I started going to public schools, I was always in the other like the minority kids um, table at lunch or um, like I always gravitated towards people who shared like different um, cultural backgrounds. Yeah. Um, because it just because everyone there was accepting of the other person versus I always had this weird sense of like sticking out like a sore thumb but not in a good way um, yeah with the, like the non-minority um, with the majority I think at this I think at this point of my life though there is pride in the otherness oh, yeah. there's not like like I can recognize assimilation as a survival tactic but I wouldn't go to celebrate it yeah 
And I think the the way that it comes back to the hospitality is that we know how it feels to be, you know, excluded. Mm-hmm. And we never want somebody who we care about to feel that way. Yeah. So we take them in. Yeah. We love them so much. And yeah. we feed them so, so much. <laughs> <laughs> Please this eat. one bowl of pasta. Share. <laughs> Oh, okay, fine. I'll take one more spoon. No, no, no. I meant the whole bowl. This Eat bowl. my child. <laughs> Just tell me when it's enough. Oh, it's enough? Okay, so two more scoops. Never mind. Two, 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 more. Just two more scoops. Your skin and bones, please eat something. Mom, I've gained 15 pounds. It's like, you're so skinny. Every time I come you're home. You're so skinny. You look ill. Every time I come home. <laughs> oh, my God. How many times were you told that you look ill? Oh. Because you're so thin. all the time. Um, my aunties back in back it's home. It's a man Libya, thing, though. All the time. It's just like, oh, come on, you need to eat. What's wrong with you? Why don't you have a healthy appetite? I'm like, <laughs> I feel it goes both ways, it's, actually. But yeah. here's the thing, though. Like, in my extremely skinny days, when I was child skinny child, I ate yeah. just as much as my brothers. So it wasn't even like I didn't eat. So I'm like, I don't. How much more do I want me to eat? It's it's like either like, oh, you're so skinny and you're or you're ill, or it's like. What happened to you? You're so fat. You're so, it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah you're so it's, fat. there was never an <laughs> in-between. I don't know which well, one Well, maybe I because you kept more. feeding me. <laughs> but it was, but it's also like. You're so fat, nobody's ever going to love you. Yeah. No, it's that kind of like mentality. It, of that's like, how dare you? They have happy. to have something. They're, they're never happy. They're never happy. So it's they're never like, happy. so it's. Never it, happy. It, it actually happened to one of our family friends where it's just like, oh my God, you're so muscular. Like what? <laughs> this, what's going on? You look so healthy. <laughs> that you're never going to find someone. Some might say too like, healthy. Like, oh God, what? Why? <laughs> too, too healthy. It just, that was something that. I remember <laughs> I used to I used to have like small little muscles in my arms, but I used to be like really proud of it. I was like, yeah, I got muscles. Yeah. And then my grandma's like, girls don't need to have muscles. That's too many muscles. And he's like, <laughs> but I can lift things. I can pick up like I was so. You hate my muscles until I you need me to get so them. I was actually so proud as a child that I can pick up the like you know because when you travel overseas, you will have overweight suitcases. Mm-hmm. I picked them up and lifted them like a champ. Like it was easy peasy lemon squeezy. You know, you get all of those, all those observations and people, as soon as they see you, they're asking, they're interrogating you. And, you know, it's not always that time, but it might be that time right now. Wait, what? Oh! Hold on, hold on, on. everyone, hold on. Oh. We've got it. Time? Did you say time? No. (laughs) (laughs) No! No! I am done. Goodbye. Every episode, every episode, we try to smoothly transition into we saw saying question time, but <laughs> we can't doesn't. do it. Well, okay. Hey, Ahmed, do you know what time it is? No, you don't, because I'm the only one who knows what time it is. Let me tell you what time it is. It's question time. Jasmine does. Nice. Okay, just take out uh, everything before that. Take my segue. Slap fine. that at the end. It'll be perfect. It'll be much of it. What color is your spirit and why? What? What color is your... Oh, Did God. I stutter? I, I feel like my first response should be yellow, but I don't know why. I really enjoy the color yellow it makes me happy i can tell you why because you're a happy soul and happy and yellow is my happy color and because happy people are happy colors and 
your soul is yellow. I, I, yes. <laughs> Thanks for coming to the Busan's TED Talk. Thank you. I appreciate it. Let that. me project my favorite color onto you. Well, I mean, we both. <laughs> I said yellow before she. Pause, did. pause, 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 pause. She. And we both hate purple. Exactly. I was gonna mm, high five. Yes. High five. What? <laughs> both what? We both dislike strongly the color purple. Oh, 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 interesting you would say that. Calls Ines. <laughs> the last interview was like 10 minutes of like purple. her praising the purple. color purple. And then everybody, the other day, by the way, everybody asked for freaking purple on my thing. And I was like, really, guys? And someone was like, yeah, because you don't have enough purple. So we just thought, I don't even, the, the person's like, I'm not even that big of a fan of purple, but I just thought you don't have enough purple. So I want to see purple. And I was like, wow, there's a reason why I don't have enough purple. Anyways, continue. All right. That blanket if you looks could, purple, by the way. It does not. It's blue. You're colorblind. It does. With, with this lighting, it looks purple. With this lighting, it looks hella purple. It is oh, purple. It's, it's in your face. It's the hair. The darkness it's the, it's the, the hair and the color of I think the, the sunburn. It's on like the, back the of my tungsten head. light. Science. Um, science. Science. Coming with science. Yes. Um, if science. you could put something on a billboard for people to see, what would it be? A photo of puppies to make them smile. Oh, I think it's <laughs> well, great. If you one. could like, if you could like, put like an awareness phrase or something. This is like, like you have a hundred thousand people who great. see your I billboard. Don't, I don't understand what's the problem with puppies. Puppies is great, but I'm just like, if she's trying, whatever remember, you want. Her soul is yellow. It's radiating happiness and joy. So when you put a billboard, it's radiating a heartburn right now. <laughs> fire. Her her soul. Her her heart is on fire. Which is <laughs> what superpower do you have and why? Logistics. I'm really good at logistics. I can plan just about anything really well. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I am a really good planner. I'm a horrible planner. That's why we work well exactly. together. We complete. We complete one another. So do you have anything you make or do that you want to plug in for the audience? The karaoke bar that would hopefully be open soon is going to have a fully Libyan menu. So if you're ever in New York, please stop by our karaoke bar uh, called Mini Rex. What is um, it called? Mini Rex. And Mini-Rex. can you spell it for the people? M-I-N-I-R-E-X-N-Y-C. And jokes on everybody, there's no T-Rex on it. It's a bunny. It's a bunny because Mini Rex <laughs> is the breed of rabbit. Yeah. Like the and cutest then- one. Um, also, also, because I'm very proud of you for this beautiful establishment, it is a dual, um, establishment where it has one side you have, you can consume alcohol if you want to, and there is a sober side. Yeah, one side has a full liquor license, and the Mm -hmm. other side is completely non-alcoholic. They both have karaoke. Karaoke. Yes, they both have karaoke. They both have karaoke. They're both very comfortable. And I'm really, really excited to open. I'm really excited for the world to be safe again, for yeah. people to socialize, and then to open. I miss karaoke like you wouldn't believe. You can also see some of the work that Corinne's made at corinnelguy.com. Yes, you I'll can. Pl- I'll plug you. I'll plug you. Plug it away. And please, like, follow me and let me know if the sustainability stuff resonates with you, because I want people to use less plastic. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's just very inspiring and, like, I wanted to be zero waste before, but then she's like this really nice, beautiful, like 
accessible human who's like, okay, here's a good way to start. And again, like none of the things I'm saying is a must. It's just the things that worked out for me and maybe they can work out for you. But I'm not going to shame anyone if they choose to use plastic. It's very accessible and cheap and, you know. Thank you so much, Corinne, for joining us and for giving us some of your time and having this awesome sauce conversation. Thanks for having me. Um, it was so lovely. Always fun to spend time with y'all. Likewise. Uh, hopefully we'll see each other in real life sometime soon. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening in. We look forward to hearing from you all on our Instagram and Twitter, both Third Culture Block with a three. This is Ahmed Mustafa, Wissal Jibril, Mohammed Ismail, and Karen Al Guy. Bye! 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 Bye